0: Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beit Nidrash. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip. Each week this year, we will hear a Dvar Torah on the weekly Parsha from Rabbi Eli Komfer. Let's listen in. The 10th blessing in the daily Amidah, which asks God to return those in exile, begins Sound the great shofar for our freedom. What kind of freedom, cherut, are we praying for? And why does a shofar blast herald this freedom? The wording of the blessing is as follows. Sound the great shofar for our freedom, gadol and raise a banner to gather our exiles, and gather us together from the four corners of the land. Blessed are you, Hashem, who gathers the rejected of his nation, Israel. The first three words of the initial line are drawn from the vision of the ultimate return, as described in Isaiah quote On that day a great shofar will be sounded yitka bishofar gadol and the lost who are in the land of assyria and the scattered who are in the land of egypt shall come and worship hashem on the holy mountain in jerusalem isaiah 27:13 isaiah prophesies about a day in which the exiles from israel return to their land and are able to worship god again in their homeland jerusalem but what about the word lechiruteinu for our freedom which ends the first line of the blessing. In contrast to almost all of the language of the Sidur, this word is not drawn from the Bible. Indeed, the word Cherut, meaning freedom, postdates Biblical Hebrew. But in Aramaic, the term Cheruta is used in a very technical way. It refers to the freedom of the Jubilee year. To wit, when the Torah proclaims freedom, during the Jubilee, in Leviticus 25.10, the ancient Aramaic translations of the Torah all translate the word dror as "cheruta." This reference helps to sharpen what we might be praying for in this blessing. In Parshat Behar B'chukotai, the image of the shofar and the freedom of the jubilee year appear together. Quote, then you shall sound a blasting shofar, ba'avarta shofar tru'ah, in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, on the Day of Atonement, you shall have the shofar sounded throughout your land. You shall hallow the fiftieth year, and you shall proclaim freedom, draw throughout the land for all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee you veil for you. Each of you shall return to your land, and each of you shall return to your family. Leviticus 25, 9-10 The jubilee year, which occurs every fifty years, marks a time when everyone can return to their ancestral land. How would the community herald the beginning of the jubilee year? Through the blast of the shofar on Yom Kippur. Both the image of the shofar and the concept of jubilee freedom, expressed as (laughs) chayrutenu, appear in our blessing's first line. These images are drawn from this passage of Vayikra. What is the significance of the jubilee year? The jubilee marked the ultimate end of slavery. Just as people could return to their original land, slaves could return to their original free status in their land. In this way, the Jubilee was a unique declaration of freedom. While slaves were allowed to go free at the end of their sixth year of service, some slaves could choose to remain with their master in order to stay connected with their family. See the Exodus 21, six. This slave is called an Eved Olam, an eternal slave. In the Torah, there seems to be no way for this type of slave to emerge as free. But our rabbis could not imagine a life of eternal slavery. Quote, what is the meaning of his slave forever, Exodus 21.6? It means until the jubilee year. Or perhaps he is literally his slave forever? Scripture teaches, quote, every person shall return to your land, Leviticus 25.10. Rabbi Yudha Hanasi said, come and see that forever is only 50 years. As it says, quote, his slave forever until the jubilee. de Nazikin too. This Midrash reads the law of the eternal slave in light of the jubilee year of freedom. Although the simple meaning of the verse in Exodus 21.6 is that the person chooses to be enslaved forever, the feature of the jubilee year undoes that understanding. Every person, even an eternal slave, returns to their original status. As Rebbe says, slavery has an expiration date. Nothing can last past 50 years. The jubilee is the Torah's way of saying the present situation does not have to last forever. It may seem like the current state is never-ending and the trajectory is not moving in the direction of redemption, but inequality will eventually end. There comes a time when we are all redeemed. Indeed, The concept of the Jubilee year itself was a victim of exile. In rabbinic understanding, the institution stopped when Israelites were banished from their land. But this cessation of the Jubilee is not forever. It will be restored just as we will be restored. The connection between our blessing and the freedom drawer of the Jubilee year is strengthened from alternative textual traditions of this blessing. In a number of versions of the blessing, the words or k'ra dror l'kab declare a freedom to gather us, are added before asking God to gather us from the four corners of the earth. In these versions of the blessing, dror is mentioned in the body of the blessing explicitly, parallel to ch'erutenu. This underscores the interpretation of our freedom as a direct reference to the jubilee with all of its associated freedoms. What is the significance of the specific reference to the freedom of the Jubilee year in our experience of prayer, the reference to the Jubilee is a related but distinct master story from the ingathering of the exiles. It is not only a political ingathering we pray for, but also a return to the most broad-reaching economic equalizing system the Bible presents, a year in which all debts are forgiven and everyone returns to the land of their ancestors. It is true that the concept of a Jubilee year, in which land reverted to its original owner and all slaves, regardless of their status, were released, was a long-standing tradition in many cultures of the ancient Near East. The main difference, however, between the biblical use of the term as opposed to that of the surrounding religions is that only the Bible predicts an explicitly God-driven freedom on a regular timetable, 50 years. In other cultures, the king declared a freedom, known in the Akkadian cognate to draw as Duraru or Anduraru, when he saw fit. This often happened when a king took the throne in order to curry favor with his subjects and not to implement a just society. God's use of the drawer took the institution out of human hands and made it clear that this is a divine system designed to help the poor, enslaved, and landless. What does it mean to say this blessing in a world with massive inequality? First, it offers us a vision of the future society we can envision and yearn for. Even though it seems inequality might last forever, the concept of the jubilee teaches otherwise. Indeed, no slavery lasts forever. Second, it can offer us a goad to work toward a more just society, even now, in exile. This is also a unique aspect of the jubilee freedom. In contrast to other societies, where the control of freedom was solely in the hand of the king, in Vayikra, each person had to take responsibility for enforcing the drawer. Similarly, we in the present can play a role in furthering economic equality without waiting entirely for the final ingathering to work on structural issues of inequality. Understanding the roots of cheirutenu as connected to the jubilee thickens the interpretive plane in which we might understand this blessing. The jubilee is a specific kind of freedom, one that comes from God, not humans, and focuses on establishing economic equality. A blessing that asks God to blow the shofar as a signal for a new jubilee, itself not practiced since the exile, is a powerful vision of a world of possibility we do not yet inhabit, but pray for and work toward making a reality. Shabbat Shalom. Our producers for this podcast are Sam Greenberg and Jeremy Tabak. Thank you to David Khabinski for editing this episode. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It's been a pleasure to learn with you.